0: So, over the next three weeks, I'm going to be focusing on stewardship as a church as we prepare for the ministry of the church in 2022. I know, stewardship, everybody's favorite topic and time of year. I know, don't worry, don't worry, I already know this. And um, I know this continues to be a unique time in the life of the church and the world. It is certainly Something I never imagined, certainly something I never prayed for. But I would be remiss if I did not begin this time with just a word of gratitude on my own part for your faithfulness, for your dedication, for your commitment through some challenging days. God has always been greater than my own fears, and each of you is a testament to this truth in my own life. So thank you. I know that God has great things in store for this congregation. And thanks to your faithfulness through challenging days, we're ready to move forward with new and wonderful opportunities in the coming years. And so I thank you all. Because of this unique time, I thought it would be particularly important for all of us to take a look at the church we see in the book of Acts, to think about what we can learn from this church, what we can learn from those who've come before us. Our series is called Glad and Generous Hearts, which is a phrase from our scripture passage this morning. And in the book of Acts, which happens to be written by the gospel writer Luke, so Luke and Acts are in many ways meant to be a companion set, they are not next to each other in the Bible, that's a whole other story, but Luke and Acts are written by the same same writer, and the story of Acts is how the church became the church, how the church figured out who they are and who they are called to be. It has the story of the Holy Spirit coming to the church at Pentecost. We see Peter stepping into a leadership role. We, we watch uh, Paul become a Christian, who was a, Christ, a Christian hunter, become one of the greatest apostles the church has ever known. We, we see his mission journeys and imprisonment and so much more. Acts really is a fascinating book. And when our passage begins today... In chapter 2, the fire of the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, is already upon the church. And really, the church is exploding. Um, it mentions that 3,000 people were added to the church. It, it also mentions that when Peter was preaching, people were cut to the heart by his words. I love that small little phrase, cut to the heart. He's speaking to their hearts, and people are changing and responding, and the church is growing And then it says this about the church in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. And I invite you to read along with me today as it describes some of the early church. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Just in these five verses, we see a lot about the church in Acts. And it's what this is what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to lift up three important characteristics of the church in Acts. And that's what I want to talk about. And the first characteristic of the church in Acts is that they were devoted to learning and growing in their faith. In fact, that's what the scripture says. They were devoted. This isn't a church. Where people were sometimes or when it was convenient. They were not a church because they were there out of obligation. They were devoted to teaching and learning about their faith. It says they were devoted to the breaking of bread and praying together. They had a passion. They had a passion for their faith. A passion about Jesus. And it showed up in their lives. In their desire to learn and grow. These aren't cultural Christians. Faith is not a box they check. They were passionate about their faith, and they wanted to learn and grow more. One minister points out that this passage begs us all to ask a challenging question. What are we devoted to? What are you devoted to? What is your life devoted to? Is it your faith? You know, I've led a lot of funerals in my ministry. Some are harder to do for different reasons. And, you know, I think in life people can talk a good talk about their life, what they are devoted to in their life. But at the funeral, it shows. It shows what their life was devoted to. We become what we are devoted to in many ways. How did they use their time? How did they use their gifts, their talents of this precious life we are given? I remember a graveside funeral I did many years ago for a woman I had never met. And she had died in another state. She had grown up in our church. And from what I understood, she was raised in the church, moved away at 18, really never came back. But her four grown children... We're bringing her body back to be buried at a family cemetery. And this woman died in her late 80s. And her children simply called up the church they knew she had grown up in and asked if I would help them with a funeral. And I was glad to oblige. And I still remember sitting in my office with the most awkward of family gatherings. And I could not figure out what was going on. I was trying to ask some questions. I was trying to get a feeling this was going to be this woman's only funeral. I really wanted it to be a meaningful one for them. And it was just like everyone in the room was choosing their words very carefully. And so finally, I just asked this. I said, what kind of mother was she? Silence. They all looked at each other. And finally, the oldest one of them said what I think is probably... What was the most generous thing she could say in the moment? And she said to me, If my mom was born in a different generation, she probably would have chosen not to have children. A few days later, I did my best at the funeral. I still don't know what she was devoted to in her life, but it told me enough. What about you? What do you want your life to be devoted to? The church in Acts knew their answer to that question. Now the second characteristic of the church in Acts is that they clearly had a deep sense of community. They took care of each other. They supported each other. So much so, people would sell things they had in order to have money for somebody else. Radical sharing of goods. They sought the goodwill of all, is how the scripture puts it. There was a sense that we're in this together, that we need each other. It's a powerful characteristic of a community that is breaking bread together. And here's the thing about this early church. People used to be amazed by Christians because they crossed cultural and ethnic bounds Rich and poor were sitting at the table and breaking bread together. Jew and Gentile, male and female, slave and free. One body of Christ. And this was outrageous. People were drawn to the church because they thought, if this is what Christians are, if this is who Christians are, people who take down walls and are stepping over these boundaries, then I want to know Jesus I want to hear about this Jesus. They wanted to know him because of the community they witnessed. And they didn't have a building. They didn't have a budget. They didn't have a church. All they had were people's homes, people willing to open up their doors and welcome people in and break bread together because they wanted to learn and grow in their faith. And they're doing this in a time and place where society saw them as suspect at best. They're facing real persecution from people like Paul himself, who was making it his goal to lock up any Christian he could find and throw away the key. You know, another example, and I just invite you to read about this history, it's pretty fascinating, in the year 64 in the city of Rome, a fire, a terrible fire broke out and it burned much of the city. And Emperor Nero, like any good politician, wanted somebody to blame for this fire. And he pointed the finger at Christians. And many Christians died and there was great suffering through this time period. Just reading about the church and Acts this week humbled me. You know, sometimes we preachers, we can complain a little bit and maybe there's been a fair share of complaining these days, but we think we have it hard. The church in Acts has no building, no trained leaders, no budgets in a society that is actively trying to make them go away. The odds were stacked against them on any day of the week. And yet, instead of shrinking, they managed to do the opposite. They grew more and more people were drawn to the church because, in part, of this deep sense of community that they had. They wanted to know more about Jesus. Which leads me to the third characteristic of the Acts church we see here. They had a joyful spirit. A joyful spirit. The scripture describes it that they had glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. People were drawn to that. How can they live so joyfully and generously when people hate them? People were confused by this. What do they have? I remember sitting in worship in Haiti about a year and a half after that big earthquake, and I was sitting on a bench, a concrete floor, floor church with cinder block walls that were all going up in various stages, and there was no roof over the church, and it wasn't a very large church, and uh, the minister was leading the church on a hymn, on an accordion, and I didn't know the song, I didn't know the words, I was just listening along, and suddenly, I was tearing up, I was tearing up, and I. Thought, my goodness, Kara, you are quite a sap. I was trying to wonder what on earth, why am I crying now? And then I realized what it is. It was the joy. It was the joy that crossed all language bounds that I could hear and feel in the room. And every one of those people in that room singing that day, they had either lost their homes or their livelihood, or someone they loved in that earthquake, or all of the above. And there they were, singing to the sky above. Where does that come from? How do you keep singing? You know, Frederick Bigner describes faith as whistling in the dark. And maybe you have people like that in your own life, people that you just look at and wonder how they manage. The walls can fall down around them and yet they know they can still sing. They can still live with joy, with glad and generous hearts. That is what the church and Acts had. They lived with joy, with generosity and gladness. So, Number one, they were devoted to growing and learning in their faith. Number two, they had a deep sense of community. And number three, they had a joyful spirit that helped them to live with glad and generous hearts. And in spite of all of that stacked against them, they grew. People were drawn to a church like that, a church that took down walls of division, a church that kept singing in spite of the persecution they were facing. A church that lived out their generosity. It wasn't their amazing programs or their beautiful stained glass windows or the minister that always told really hilarious jokes. It was the spirit that was supposed to be funny. (laughs) Oh well, see what I mean. (sighs) That's a dangerous metaphor, sorry. Okay, it was the spirit of the place. We, we are the legacy of that church. The spirit that first began at Pentecost lives out in us still. A few weeks ago I wrote down this quote because I knew I needed to remember it. And it says there are two places that you need to go often. The place that heals you and the place that inspires you. Two places you need to go often, the place that heals you and the place that inspires you. And I wrote it down because I knew what I wanted people's answer to be. Church, I want a community of faith where people can come and find healing. I want a community of faith where people can come and be inspired to go out and live the other six days of the week. A community that takes down walls of division between us and them. A community that is figured out that you can still sing even when the walls come down around you. A community that heals and inspires. I want a church like that. Don't you? Amen.